Uh, well, it's great to see everyone this morning. Whoever's got the soundboard, maybe turn me down just a little bit. <clears throat> you know, Jansen, wherever you are, where are you, Jansen? Where are you? you did a great job this morning. I just want to say it. You also, oh, you really got to turn me down. I can't cope with it that loud because <clears throat> tr- I'm having to whisper and I don't do that well. So, you know, you also heard a voice from someone else that, you know, this morning singing and I just eat them. It was wonderful, you know, to come up and bring that word. We actually have a group here today from All Nations Church in Ottawa, where me and my family were a week ago. If you guys just want to stand up so we can say hello to you all. It's wonderful. And, uh, Edom is one of the worship leaders at that church. And, you know, I, I thought it was just an incredible prophetic picture. Because, A, things she was singing this morning are, like, completely in line with the message this morning. And it was just a beautiful melding of what happens, right? When, we, when we're actually recognized we're one church, and you have a worship leader from another church coming and, and just doing what she's so gifted at, prophetically singing, and, that, and just the way everything melded together, it's the beauty of the body of Christ, isn't it? And so we look forward. If you ever go to Ottawa, go to All Nations Church, but we really look forward to the, just the partnership and the, what God's doing in bringing together our church and All Nations Church in Ottawa. And we're going to see us doing a lot more things together in this, uh, this next year, which is amazing. And so thank you guys for being here this morning. I'm really glad there was a wedding that you guys all came down for, and we get to in, enjoy your presence here today. Well, we're on this topic, you know, of honor affirms value. And we, last time I spoke on it, we had Chris Smith last week. The week before that was when we first started talking on this topic. And it was two weeks ago, just to remind you, what we were talking about is the fact that honor recognizes and affirms that every person is valuable and powerful. That we're all made in God's image. He died to restore us to relationship with him. Therefore, we are significant. Every one of us say, I am significant. Absolutely. Now look at the people at your table. Say, you are significant. (laughs) And that is the truth. And if anyone here has the enemy lying to you going, that does not apply to me, call it a lie. Because it's a lie. Every one of us here is significant. Every one of us has a role to play. Every one of us is part of the great body of Christ if we've surrendered our lives to Jesus. And you know what? If you're here this morning as a guest, if you're here, come with someone, and you don't know Jesus, you're still significant. You just don't actually know how significant you are yet. So Jesus died for all of us. He died for every one of us. When you go to work, when you go to school, when you're in your neighborhood, when you're out Christmas shopping, when that person steals your parking space, they're significant. They're significant. You know, I was driving. Actually, the first time I got to meet Steve Wilkins, who leads All Nations Church, and I went with Steve Backland from Bethel Church, and he, he took me to meet him. And I, I, drove, um, I drove Steve Backland to Peterborough, and we're driving down the road, and some guy like, cuts me off. And I make some comment, you know, that wasn't positive. It wasn't, I didn't swear or anything super negative. Just like, ah, 
thing. And Steve, in his all-positive way, leans over and goes to me, you know what, James? I think that when people cut us off, it's actually just an opportunity for us to bless them. Let's bless them. Like, okay. I stand rebuked, Steve. That's good. But it's true, right? Because we actually all are significant. We're all significant. Every single one of us. What we're going to talk about the fact today is that honor, this thing of honor, it recognizes and celebrates the best in people. In spite of our differences, we, we respond to people based on their God-given identity and the honor in our hearts, not their behavior or self-definition. Now listen, I, I, if you're like me, this is something you're still working on. You know, and so, but even though we're still working on it, we're going to believe it and be declaring it like it's true. That we see everyone through the eyes of Jesus. That we see everyone through eyes of honor. Even those people we don't like. Even the people that have hurt us. Even the people that have disappointed us. Even the people that oppose us. Because every single person from the person that is most offensive to you, to the person you most like, to yourself, we've all been created in the image of God. Every human being in this world has been created in the image of God. Some don't know it. Some of us don't behave like it. We all have bad days. But at the end of the day, each one of us is significant. Each one of us has value. And each one of us has an identity in Christ. There's many in this world that don't know it. Many don't live in it. Many don't actually acknowledge Jesus as Lord. They don't believe in what he's done. They haven't put their faith in him, so they don't even know how to live you know, in that identity in Christ. And there's many in the church that don't. Many times we don't know how to live out that identity. But our role is to build one another up. Right? Our role is to build one another up in who we are in Jesus. You know, The world does it the opposite way. We tear each other down. When we're operating from the flesh, our tendency is to be competitive and our tendency is to be, you know, so to be competitive, you tear down people. You have to tear others down to build yourself up. So when we're operating from the flesh, that's how we do it. We point out what's wrong, you know? When we're operating from the spirit, it's not that we don't see what's wrong, you know, it's not this thing of like, ah, if we just pretend that everyone is perfect, then everyone's going to be perfect. No, there's times where we speak truth and love to one another. We don't lie. But our focus isn't, what, isn't what's wrong. Our focus is to call it what's right. Because the truth is, every single one of us has been sanctified. We've been justified. We've been made righteous. We've made, been made holy. I heard that one of the life groups, I don't know which one, I can't even remember, there was a big discussion sometime in the last little while about, you know, are we sanctified already or are we in a process of sanctification? And I hope the answer you came to is both. Because that's what scripture says. You know, the truth is we have already, in, we are already seated in heavenly places with Christ by what the blood of Jesus has made us holy. We have been sanctified, we have been justified, we have been made righteous, it's what scripture says. But, we often don't live up to the reality of who we are, you know? And so we're also in this process of learning to live sanctified, righteous, justified, and holy. That's where our character is getting developed. We're, we're learning to live out who we actually are in Christ. We're taking off the old and we're putting on the new. 
you look at most letters in the New Testament, they all talk about this, right? They're like, take off your old self, put on your new self. You know, when you live this way, you're living in your old self. When you live this way, you're living in your new self. So live out who you actually are. Live out who you are in Christ. We're saved by faith, not by works. Thank goodness, because I'm certainly not getting into heaven if it's by works. Certainly not, you know? Maybe Jesus has reincarnated into someone in the room. Wrong choice of words, sorry. You know, I'm joking. I was trying to make a joke. Just forget that. We'll erase that. That's one of those, boom. <laughs> forget that. Erase the tape. Point being, none of us are perfect. We'll just leave it at that. You know? Uh, there we go. I do not have a second job in stand-up comedy. Let's go to scripture so I get myself out of trouble. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 26. It says that just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So we've all, we've, there's only one Holy Spirit. We've all been baptized into that same Holy Spirit. And we've all been made by new by that spirit. And there's only one head of this body, the church, and that is Jesus Christ. It's the only head. Only one. So we've all, we all are part of this amazing body. In your body, there's only one head, right? It's yours. I mean, at the end of the day, Jesus is the head if we've given our life to Christ. But in your physical body, there's just you. You know, you've got two feet, however many fingers. You know, your body is your body. And it doesn't function properly if parts of it are missing. It doesn't function well, you know, and some people do. Some people have to, you know, are born without, with parts missing. Some people through injury or disease lose parts of their body, and it, it's a bit of a struggle. They're not, they're not substandard, but you know that when we have to, you know, attach a false leg or, or other things, or when we're missing different things, the body isn't functioning at its optimum. And we all need one another. We're all part of this body. We actually need each other to function as who we are in Christ. So we need each other in this room. This is like our family, our church family. But we need the whole body of Christ, even the ones we don't quite agree with. Now, look, there's, there's people, again, this is not saying that we now have to agree with, we, you know, there's false doctrine out there. There's false teaching. There are, there are cults. There are people that would claim, you know, to follow Christ that actually don't. But there's also, there's also people that legitimately have a real relationship with Jesus, right? That we may not always agree with. They may not agree with us. But at the end of the day, we all need one another. Denominations were not Jesus' idea. You know, they weren't Jesus' idea. They, the way that we, we, we structure things, none of that was God's idea. That was our idea. You know, the way, God's idea is unity. God's idea is humility. God's idea is that we work together, that we partner together, that we recognize one another. The, the more we get that, the stronger we're going to be. 
The truth is part of our weakness as Christians in today is our lack of unity, our lack of ability to work together, our lack of ability to partner together on things. You know, and that in order for that to happen, it requires surrender. It requires us to acknowledge Christ in each other. Even though we may not be the same, even maybe we not agree, you know, but we, we, even though we're all gifted differently, it's like, but Jesus is in you and Jesus is in me. You know, we're all, brother, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. So amazing. So amazing. You know, we're all, again, Ephesians, and I'm just, I'm just jumping there for a minute. In Ephesians 4, where it talks about, right, we're, we're this one body that's getting built up in the knowledge of Christ until we all come to this place of maturity. Man, for us to honor one another that way is, is so important. Again, let's keep reading. It says in verse 15, Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If, verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part's honored, every part rejoices with it. <clears throat> so amazing. You know, and that's this thing of us being one. It's very, it's a hard concept for us to get around if you've grown up in Western culture because we're so individualistic, right? We don't, you know, depending on the culture you've grown up in, you understand this need for one another better. But the wealthier we are, the more independent we are, and the less we need one another. We don't actually, it's like, no, I can be quite self-sufficient. I don't, I don't need you. Like, I can get through life all on my own. I don't need anybody else. And the more times you've gone through, because if we live in a very imperfect world and a particularly imperfect Christian communities, we hurt one another. And the more that we hurt one another and the more that we, we harm one another, the more we just kind of, people just like, well, actually, I just don't need people. I don't need the church. I don't need each other. But it's not true. We really do. We really need one another. Life is so much better. You know, even medically, you know, your life expectancy is much greater the, the, the closer your relationships are, the more relationships. Not the breadth of relationships, but the depth of them. You know, having people you can count on actually gives you a longer life. 
people you can walk alongside of. And I, I mentioned it, I think, a couple of weeks ago, and I was saying is, is our, our tendency is to, like, we've, because we have this, such this thing about we've got to be perfect, and we think that, man, I don't want people to see my weaknesses. I don't want people to see what's wrong with me. I don't want people to know. And so we hide. And, and some, in some cultures, that's a really big thing, right? It's like, no, no, I have to, I have to present myself in a particular way. <clears throat> and this happens to us. You, you, we're in the world, right? We're not of it. So you can't be vulnerable often in your work environments, maybe in your school environments. You show weakness, you lose your job. You show weakness, you get picked on, you get bullied, things like that. So in the world context, it's like we're, we're, we're constantly having to fight this thing of, man, I, I've got to look a particular way, be a particular way. But with one another in the church, we've got to be okay with, our, with the fact that we're not okay. As I said, not, not one of us is perfect. None of us are. Now, when we're okay with the fact that we're not okay, that doesn't mean that we're be like, <laughs> we're, people laughing, I know it's kind of crazy to follow. But when we're okay the fact that we're not all perfect, we don't have it all together, that doesn't mean that we then go, it's fine that you treat me badly. I'm really, that's, that's great. You just be you you know, and treat me badly, and you just be you, and, and, and do this. No, no. We, we learn to accept the weaknesses of one another and call each other to the greatness that we're meant to be, right? So it's not a thing of it's okay that we stay in a place of, of, of brokenness and weakness. It's that we're not afraid of it, Right? That we honor people for who Christ has made them to be and keep reminding them of who they are. Not be like, oh, that's fine. Just stay in sin. Oh, it's fine. Just keep doing that. No, it's the difference. It says again in Scripture, I've said it before, we, we're to speak truth in love to one another. That's how the body gets built up. But it's in love. Right? We speak truth not to be able to go, I'm right, you're wrong, but to be able to say, hey, you're greater than this. You are greater than this. The other thing is that with this, it's so important, right? You can't, we also can't, as a body, you know, we've got to help people get to a place of maturity. Right? That's our, that's our role. And it's amazing. I had time with the eldership team yesterday where we just we spent the morning together and, and the team had been listening to God for the last little bit and just, God, what are you saying to us for 2020? And it was such a wonderful experience of just hearing from you know, each one of the couples and what God had been saying and watching God form this picture that helps shape where we're going next year. Because we don't, again, Jesus is the head of the church. It's, it, and, and it's not about our vision. It's actually about us listening to God and going, God, what's your vision? Where are you taking life as? What are you doing? What do you want to do in people? And we sit there and we listen and we let him move us forward. And it was some really clear things came through in that time. And, and one of the clear things was about discipleship, which we'd already knew and been talking about, knew God was doing. But really, he was, speak, he was speaking a lot about unity, a lot about hope, a lot about raising up spiritual mothers and fathers. It's about us maturing, right? It's us maturing. And so for people to mature, you know, when someone's maturing, they're, they're, they're developing experience, they're developing skills, 
and they're, they're, they're developing character. And so when we see one another as Jesus sees each other, we can go, oh, it's amazing. Look at who God's made this person to be. They don't have the skills yet to live in that. <clears throat> they don't fully have the character yet to live in that. They may not have the full experience to live in that, but this is who they are. Let's help bring this person to that place. Now, like in any family, it requires a partnership. It requires the humility of each one of us to go, we're not perfect. And, you know, we're, we, we need other people in our lives to help us get to where it is that we need to go. We have not made it yet. You know, none of us have. I need people in my life. You need people in your life. We need people that we trust to speak into our lives to help us, be, you know, live in the fullness of who we're meant to in God. It's where we need one another. And it's where we need to see one another and, and honor one another. And, you know, but that honoring, I would do no justice, you know, as a parent, if I'm like, wow, look at the potential my kids have. I can see, God, you've spoken these things over my kids. I'm just going to sit back and tell them they're awesome and not train them to live in that. Or, you know, imagine, imagine, you know, you, you have a car and you have a child that's, you know, they've just turned, they've just turned 12 and they're like, I want to drive. Well, you know, legally they can't drive. They've, they've, they've never driven a car before. You know, they, they don't, they don't, not legally, they're not the right age to drive. They don't have the skill set to drive, nor do they have the experience. Are you going to hand them the keys? And you might go, well, I won't hand them the keys because they're not legally the right age yet. Say, so, okay, well, let's imagine that they're 16. They turn 16, go, I just went and got my G1. You know, it's a snowstorm outside. Can we go for a drive in your new car? Likely, you're going to go, you know what, son, you know what, daughter? Today's not the best day. Let's gain some skills. Let's, let's practice in a parking lot in the snow first. Let's gain some experience before you go out and do that. Because that's the loving thing to do, right? It's the loving thing to do. We don't want our child to die. And it's, it's the same here in the church, this thing of honor doesn't mean we tell people, you know, we may see the potential in someone, we know where it is that they can go, but we don't just throw them there. Don't go, you got the potential to swim, I am going to throw you in the deep end of the pool. Oh, you drowned? Guess you didn't, oh, maybe I was wrong, you didn't quite have that potential. You know? Or, wow, You've done swimming lessons. You've, 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 you know, you've got the basics down. You know, you've done level one. I'm going to get you to do the 5K swim across the lake. They may have the skill to get there, but they don't have the stamina to do it. And I, I say this because it's so important that in this thing of understanding honor, you know, honor helps us see people for who they are. But it doesn't mean that we then throw people into things that they're not ready for. You know, you're, honor actually helps as a community where we train people, where we equip people to release them into things when they're ready, when they have developed the skill, the experience, and the character, all three, to be able to live in 
what it is that God has for them. But all along the way, all along that journey, we keep telling them who they are. You are going to be awesome. You have got this call of God on your life. You know, keep that in focus. You are a child of God. Keep that in focus and keep going. And when they fall, you know, maybe someone, it takes them a year to do that journey and another person on the same journey, it takes them 10 years. It's fine. That we just keep calling them into who they are, helping them to, you know, to get there, giving them the opportunity. But for every single one of us in this room, so important, first beatitude, humility. Humility. We can refer to one another as princes and princesses, princes and princesses in the kingdom. You know, talk about our royal priesthood. As long as we receive that with the humility of realizing that Jesus is the king, not us. We can, when we've dealt with, remember pride is what got Satan kicked out of heaven. So we can have a community that deals, that honors people well, when we also are personally dealing with pride. I mean, getting rid of it from our lives when I say dealing with it, right? Because it's that thing of, yes, you know what? When, when someone says that I've got a prophetic gift, it doesn't mean that now I've made it and I'm a prophet and I need to go around to different churches and prophesy. It's, man, okay, you know? I'm going to get trained. I see the potential of who I am and I'm going to get trained to live in this so I can do it to the fullness of who God has called me to be. You know? So let's honor each other well and call each other well. And as a community, we're going to see one of the things that God's going to be focusing us on in 2020 is us really training people well so that we have what we need to do it in the long term. That we live in our callings, not at the expense of our families, not at the expense of our characters, not at the expense of, of, of the things around us. Too often we see, you know, in, in Christian world where the wrong thing comes into play. And, you know, in our social media world, people put up what they want you to see. In our media-driven world, it's like, oh, I want you to see this. I want to present myself in this particular way. And we can all put up quotes. We can all put up pictures. We can all sell a CD or we don't CDs anymore, MP3 or blog or whatever, you know, things along these lines. But real character is formed walking in community, walking in accountability, walking known, you know, good and bad. That's how character's formed. If we're always just presenting ourselves, the putting, trying to put the best picture forward, we never actually are going to grow into who it is that we're meant to be. But a community that honors well creates a safe place where people can go, hey, I'm dealing with this. You know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. And, you know, we create a level of safety for people to be able to say, Hey, I need help in this area. Can you speak into my marriage? Can you speak into this thing going on with me and my kids? Can you speak into this area of my life that, that is not in line with who I am in Christ so that I can walk in integrity? You know, that, that is a community of honor. That's where we see the value. Or true honor affirms the value of people. 
2 Corinthians 5, 16 to 21. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. This is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on God's behalf, behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Isn't that amazing? I can speak about, you know, we can create a community where it's safe to expose our unrighteousness when we see that each and every one of us has been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Because you're suddenly not lesser. You're suddenly just another person, child of God, that, you know, we all need help. We all need one another. It says in James, you know, that we should confess our sins to one another so that they'll be healed. It says in John that, you know, we should be able to, you know, bring things into the light. And the reason we don't bring things into the light is because we know our deeds are evil. But if you're the righteousness of Christ and you have deeds in your life that are just, you know, not in line with that, then we bring them into the light so that they can be healed, that the truth can come into them and so that we can live in true integrity. We can live in true wholeness. We can, live, we can live the life that we're meant to be. It's true freedom, right? All, all unrighteousness is as chains. It's just chains that chain us up. They make us feel guilty. They make us feel shame. They make us feel all these different things. But imagine a community of honor. A community of honor where those things are not things that we're afraid of. Jesus was not afraid of sin. He wasn't afraid of touching a leper. You know, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were. We got to go and put you outside of the camp because you can contaminate us. Jesus went in and touched the contaminated to make them whole. Right? That was the, the sick could come to Jesus and be touched and made well. That's what, that's what a community of honor brings. That's when we truly value one another, that we don't need to hide our leprosy. We, we open it and go, Jesus, please touch me. And we have a community of people that go, hey, let me, let me touch you to make you whole. Let me love you so that you are whole, that you are whole. And that's what real love does. You know? Real love brings wholeness to people's lives. It brings health. It helps us all live in the God-given identity that we have. It lets us live in the truth of the fact that we are righteous, holy, sanctified, and justified because 
of the blood of Jesus. So I'm excited to see what God is going to do with us as a community as these values become really real to us. You know, I know I'm on a journey of wanting them to become more and more real to me. You know, it's a growing experience for me in this. It's a growing experience for all of us in this. And so what a beautiful experience, thing to have that we can grow in this together. You know, and we can be like a Steve Backlund in the car where one of us, you know, where I say something that's not the most righteous and he's like, hey, you, know, you didn't go, what's wrong with you? You know, da 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 da. It's just like, you know, James, this could be, as opposed to that, this could be an opportunity. He didn't even say opposed to that. Just, hey, James, this could be an opportunity to bless this person. Why don't we do that? Whoa. You know, he didn't condemn me or things. He just showed me a different path, a different way, and immediately I was convicted. Yeah, this is the right way to go. The right way to go. You know, let's be that for one another. Let's honor one another. Let's see the value in one another, and let's speak truth to one another to bring each other to this place you know of of true honor where we see the value in each and every one of us amen amen let me pray for us lord you are amazing and uh, we're about to have this incredible feast this lord's supper and uh, lord I'm seeing some empty spots on the table, so Lord, multiply the food, you know? But Lord, thank you. Thank you for everything you've provided us today. Thank you for your blood. Thank you that each and every one of us has true value in your kingdom. That we have been made righteousness. We have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of you. And Lord, I thank you that we can be a community and just help us, Lord, to, to be those people, that we would understand the true value in who we are and we would see each other through eyes of value and that we would be a people that wouldn't be afraid of our mistakes or someone else's mistakes or wouldn't be afraid of our unrighteousness or someone else's unrighteousness, but that we would just truly be committed to calling out the truth of who each and every one of us are in Christ. Amen. Amen. Mohit. So the lunch is ready, absolutely. And it's an encouragement for each one of us. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's, a okay. that's unity go. in Christ. Here we go, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so plenty of lunch. Anyone who has not walked in here with a lunch is not allowed to go out. You, the doors are closed, so please have lunch with us. There's a prayer ministry team here right now. So if you need prayers, please join us. And also, please, I, I love to announce that after the lunch, if you can stay back to help us fold some chairs. It's a great help for all of us. So God bless you and have a wonderful week and God bless James too. <laughs>